Chittery Bite by Grace Blackwood. It was called a paddling pool on the box, but it had ambitions. The picture showed a whole family actually sitting inside the pool. Mother, father, daughter and son, each with water lapping at their waists. Well, straight off, her own family was wrong. Three children, no father and a wrong out mother. And unlike her own, that family was smiling. Their arms raised in competition to catch a fun little beach ball. Caitlin felt only disgust. Her mother must have been mid-panic when she'd seen the box, dusty and faded at the back of the shop. A desperate measure for desperate times. Who said that? Well, a history teacher or someone about the Corn Laws or something, not about the hasty purchase of an inflatable pool. Now her mother had unfolded the pool on the lawn, releasing a heady plastic smell. The twins skipped around in excitement. Caitlin waited for her mother to realise the electric pump's flex was too short to reach the socket inside the house. Ah, there it was. A small moment of defeat, followed by the brave face. Sure enough, soon she was pedalling away as if on the old threshing machine from the very dull farming, farming museum they'd visited. Hot work, her mother said. You can take a turn. Caitlin stayed sitting on a deck chair, secure behind a sunglasses force field of disdain. The no eye contact thing was great. She watched the paddling pool come to life, unfurling in the sunshine. The floor of the pool was also inflatable. Its plastic quilted like the horrible nylon on the, the bunk bed inside. When the pumping up was done, the twins pushed the pool onto its side and rolled it to the centre of the grass. Its shadow covered them. Tiny peasants toiling to build a temple. Hmm. There was something weird about it, Caitlin decided. Like, it was meant for something else. A cult might use it for baptisms. Or you might give birth in it if you weren't smart enough to scream for the drugs in time. <laughs> She'd seen that on TV too. Women wailing and thrashing around like veal carbs before they have the bolt between the eyes. <laughs> Jesus! Why bother? She watched her little sister and brother take it in turns to hold the hose as the other dashed in and out of the water's arc, screaming in primitive joy. I mean, they're this. Watch them for a minute, will you? Her mother said. I'm going to get the towels. Immediately, Caitlin closed her eyes and tried to tune out her sibling's screams. She didn't dare put the headphones on. Last time she'd done that, her mother had really lost it. She was losing it a lot at the moment. Ever since Daddy had gone back to London early. Although it itself was becoming less reliable, even before it was lost. Hearing her mother return, she opened her eyes and slightly leant forward in the deck chair to suggest vigilance. Now Max and Megan were in the pool, the water reaching their skinny thighs, splashing one another as quickly as possible in blanket bombardment. Don't you want to go in too? What was she, seven years old? A familiar rage gripped her. She shouldn't be here. She should be in the south of France with Lucy and her glamorous and competent single mum. 
But they said no, hadn't they? So they could go on a family holiday instead. A month in Scotland, of all the pathetic places on a teeny tiny Scottish Isle with one shop and a post office. A bungalow with lacy doilies and damp smelling Agatha Christie novels. She should be, right now, she should be applying some tropez to her legs and ordering calamari for lunch. Look, I know it's tough for you, pumpkin, with daddy back at work, but the way things are, oh, the other tack was being fried. Caitlin couldn't stand it. It's so hard to keep you all happy. If there was one thing she hated, it was adult to adult. Caitlin went indoors, flopped face down on her bread, and plugged in her earphones. <sighs> Ollie Murs crooned into her ears. <laughs> she closed her eyes replacing the nasty geometric pattern of the duvet with Ollie's soft face and expressionless eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ollie, she said, pushing the plate towards him. Have some calamari. <sighs> Her mother had positioned the alarm clock so that Caitlin had to get up and switch it off. Beside it lay a note. Caitlin, since you wouldn't go earlier, I have gone to get the milk. Look after the twins. This was the dreary long trek down the track to the mailbox to collect the delivery, a chore so often asked of her but rarely performed. Her mother must have set the alarm to ring just after she'd left the house. Caitlin knew a mini punishment when she saw one. Just because she didn't want to be a child, there was no reason to treat her like an adult, always minding the babies. Not fair! <laughs> she slumped back down on the bed. Sleep re-beckoned. The knowledge there was no television made responsibility seem even more tiring. Caitlin closed her eyes. When she awoke, the room was in shadow. She sat up and listened for her mother's movements in the house, but all she could hear was the incoming waves as they sucked against the pebbles of the beach. Mummy must be waiting for me in the living room. There would be the usual. Caitlin checked the kitchen, expecting to see the twins eating chittery bites, the snack that had time-traveled from Daddy's Scottish childhood. A jam sandwich or a piece of shortbread to stop the little teeth from chattering after a dip in a lacerating Scottish sea. <laughs> Since none of them would dip a toe into the khaki water, chittery bites had been demoted to ordinary snacks. But the kitchen was empty, with only an abandoned game of Ludo on the table. The sitting room was also deserted. No telling off for now. <laughs> Caitlin flopped into an armchair that looked onto the garden. The paddling pool was nowhere in sight, probably packed away, and she guessed the twins were playing spies amongst the rhododendrons. Beyond the garden, she could see the crescent of sand and the outgoing tide. Since few other visitors could be bothered to walk from the road down the track, she and the twins had come to regard the beach as their very own. They were possessive of the very thing they loathed. The banks of stinking seaweed and the transparent jellyfish abandoned by the tide. Outcrops of rocks formed a horseshoe and created a perfect boundary for swimming, but the children wouldn't give in to their mother's suggestions of a swim. They were too accustomed to 
Portuguese villas and private swimming pools. Those were the days. Caitlin felt she was being punished for someone else's stupid mistakes and everyone, mummy, daddy, society in general, had reneged on the deal they tacitly made when she was born. The deal to provide her with a, as pleasant a life as possible with no corners cut. Caitlin gave a vicious kick on the padded proof and it tipped over. It was just then she saw the paddling pool slowly guide out towards the open sea. Sitting inside its bright blue circle were two small figures, Max and Megan, recognisable by their livid ginger hair. Down on the shore, Caitlin's run slowed to a panic. Comic dither as she tried to avoid the great piles of bladderwack and kelp but panic pushed her on and she waded into the sea as far as she could and then she began to swim onto the water. The seaweed slightly stroked her legs and she tried not to think about the see-through jellyfish. At the horseshoe's opening, she trod water for a moment and then waved to the twins. Their faces were inscrutable blobs. The blankness scared her. It was as if they were already just little ghosts. Caitlin swiveled round to look back at the shore. There was no sign of her mother. The house looked squat and bleak, as she suspected it to be. The location offers peace and quiet, a break from your busy lives. Well, here was a break from the norm. Gulls screeched above her. A child, a girl or boy, reached an arm into the, white, into the sea as white as a bone, and the pool tilted up. Uh, don't move, she shouted, taking in a gulp of seawater, and then she began to swim again. Um, if one object is moving at X knots and another is moving at Y knots, how fast does the slow one have to move to reach the faster one? Oh, shit. Maths was a least favourite subject. Caitlin displays a lackadaisical attitude. Too late now. <laughs> when she at last reached the paddling pool, she wrung over the fat rim, breathless from a burst of call. Oh! Hi, Megan, said Megan. Max looked furious. Where's Mummy? Why isn't she here? I could just let go, she thought. Let them float away. You can't get in. You're too heavy, said Megan. It was so tiring, pushing the pool against the tide. The house was no longer in view. Now that Caitlin was merely kicking, not actually swimming, she was cold. Max and Megan began to squabble and ask for food. Mummy would have bought a chittery bite, Megan reprimanded her. But Caitlin seemed not to hear. She'd have to debrief the twins and bribe them. Everything would be all right. No one would ever know.